And if you've ever been in a bar that is not open, they're only open at night and stuff for, for as a restaurant and a bar. During the day, it's very dirty and smoky and the lights can, aren't yeah. very bright. It's you just can see very, too much. You know? Yeah, it's kind of eerie and kind of... So I'm going down a couple halls right here. I asked for this person. I go in there. And I'm like, hey, so-and-so sent me... To, yeah, and you have to remember, I'm like 16 or you know something like that. 16 years old, right? No kidding. And I say, hey, so-and-so sent me to talk to you from you know, the Y center. And he said that I could get, you know, X, whatever it was, X compound from you. And he can laid into me and, <laughs> and told me if I didn't get up out of the chair in three seconds that he was going to beat my ass, and throw me out the front door. What's up guys. Welcome back to blood, sweat and gear with coaches, skip Hill and myself. Scott McNally. This is like a bonus episode. We don't have Andrew with us today, but he will be back. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK for high-quality third-party tested supplements from a company that you can trust. Uh, go to supplementsource.ca for our Canadians. You can get yourself some ephedrine there. Plus, you can get a lot of good deals on um, label change products, short-dated things. All their deals, they change week to week. And of course, thank you to everybody from Patreon. I've got a couple of Patreon questions today. We've got a bunch of good questions lined up if you guys want to take part in the next show then comment below with your questions uh, we're going to start out talking about what can you do with your training to get that harder more mature nasty look to your muscle and then we have a question about a guy who wants to start his first cycle after doing his first show naturally he's got low test levels so there's a lot to go into there uh, we're going to do a training critique plus we've got a bunch more skip i feel like i just saw you the other day how you doing it was like yesterday, I think. No, it was the day before yesterday. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. Reco I'm recovering. I was slow on sleep. I'm sure you were too. Oh, yeah. We did the podcast late Saturday night. What, one? We wrapped it up finally at like 20 after one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was like 1.36 because I looked yeah. at my phone or my watch right afterward. We were on skip hours for that episode. We were. We were, and I'm fighting. Remember, I'm trying to get on this or stay on this different schedule oh. where I'm not up so late and I'm up earlier in the morning. And since I've been home, that's been a challenge. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I'm working well, on it, though. Well, well, I'm sorry we didn't help you over the weekend by keeping you up. It was no. awesome out at Swiss, though. Um, and we're going to put that out. I guess people will probably see that first. I don't I don't know. There were we had 500 live viewers for that, for the live stream of it. And uh, we're going to put the the finalized, uh, you know, the, the the produced version out of that episode soon. Uh, but I wanted to jump in with you here and just try to tackle some listener questions because we had so much stuff uh, that had built up. We had Steve on and before that, it's just like one thing led to another and we didn't get to cover mm -hmm. everything. So. We're going to start with this from, from Toby from Patreon. And by the way, like I said, thank you to everybody who is supporting the show through Patreon. I have a thread there. You guys get priority in having your questions answered. So he said, aside from muscle maturity, are there any training tips to add the hardness look in cuts and muscle definition? Aside from muscle maturity. There's a rabbit hole there, but I'm not going to go down it. Uh, training. We're gonna we're gonna disagree on this. I'm pretty sure, right? A little bit, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. which I think is good. It's good for the listeners. They're gonna have to pick a side, and and I'm pretty sure they're gonna pick my side. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Let's see. I, I, I do have think, to say something, and this is uh, all uh, just before you speak. Okay. The way you share your idea, Skip, and I know you only mean it to be this is my idea, and other people can believe other things, but listening to you talk makes me feel like. 
if you believe something else, you're wrong. I just want to throw that out really? there. The way I, I, you do. It sounds like this is the fact. You can believe otherwise, but if you do, you're not believing the facts. Well, at least I'm coming off the way that I intend to come off. You're though. passionate. That's what it, you're passionate. No. That's what it is. I, I am passionate. At the same time, though, I respect the fact that you know whether it's you or anybody, you be a listener. <clears throat> they have a different, you know, they have a different opinion on something. That that's fine. And I think this is how we give our opinions. I think you would agree. Just based on our experience, our opinions kind of evolve based on our experience over time. And it would be a pretty boring industry, I think. Uh, it certainly wouldn't make for a very good podcast if we all had exactly the same advices. Absolutely. So I don't think, me, I just, I don't think that training, uh, and, and I think he was specifically asking about definition and cuts i think that's what he said right yep and i don't training. think training yeah. i'm of the belief it's a, it's pretty simplified i guess the bigger a muscle gets the thicker a muscle is the more opportunity you have to use diet by lower you know to lower body fat to show that definition and that separation separation and definition is difficult when you don't have a lot of muscle I think outside of that, yeah. I don't think the training itself has much, if anything, to do with cuts or, or I, I think it's strictly body fat and size. Uh, you feel differently. And, and part of this, too, I think, is they may be thinking, like as an example, back in the 80s when I started as a teenager, and one of the things then or one of the beliefs then was, you know, high repetitions with your training is going to get you cut and yeah. lower repetitions and heavier training is going to add size. And that just, it's, to me at that time, even as a teenager, I'm like, I don't know, that doesn't make a lot. I pretty much started in this industry, even as a teenager, just questioning every <laughs> single thing that was told to me. Me, and on the other hand, I was doing like 25 rep tricep extensions because I wanted to get those cuts in. You know what I mean? And I've done high rep leg training and had some of the best growth yeah, uh, you know, as far as muscle size that I've had the uh, Widowmakers for, you know, with DC training. I remember going through a period of time where I'm like, well, if these are this effective, let's just see. And, and what really is the core of muscle growth? It's a stimulus that the body hasn't seen or, or is not used to and has to adapt. So if you're not used to high rep training, then higher up training is going to add size, but does it add cuts and definition? I, I just think that's a body fat issue. I think that's really all it comes to. Muscle maturity is going to be hard for me not to, not to get into, but it's such a, it's a, it's a rabbit hole that there's a lot of conversation. We should probably at some point on another episode, just talk specifically about muscle maturity. Well, because I well, don't think it has anything to do with training either. <laughs> we we had talked about that a little bit before. You did have a theory relating to collagen, right? The thinning of the skin as we age. You had said you think. Yeah, it is? I, I just I just think it's a skin issue. You, know, you can take someone like, um, you know, Jay Cutler. Or, I was thinking or, Jay too. Um, yeah. yeah, or Victor Martinez. Yeah, they never. And and if you're listening to what I'm saying right now as a listener or a viewer. Let me finish before you just go, oh, my gosh, that doesn't make any sense. He's just wrong. Jay and Victor Martinez were the types of physiques, even arguably Phil Heath, that at least early on <clears throat> when they were younger in their careers, 
they didn't have that shredded, dry, thin skin look. Now, I some some people just heard me say that Jay Cutler was not shredded. But if you were to get down and pinch the skin or look at the abs, the abs tell the story most of the time. That is, if you were to caliper them, you would not get that absurdly low caliper read. What you get and what you see with these physiques is their genetic makeup as far as what that muscle looks like under the skin. And that's where the feathering and things like that, and especially through the glutes and the outside of the quads, even a tricep as an example. We've seen guys, for some reason, they tend to come from Egypt, who will have sometimes a tricep, an outer tricep head that looks feathered like the outside of a quad would look on a normal person. That, to me, is not a training issue, arguably not even a body fat issue, because you can get a lot of people really, really lean, and they don't have those incredibly striated glutes, but their physique is great. And if they were to go to that level of getting ridiculously and even leaner, or that that just absurdly lean look, then it's going to take away from the rest of their physique because they're not going to be full and they're not going to be holding as much muscle tissue. I just think it has a lot. There's a genetic component but the older people get the branch warrens the people that are that are older and that skin thins because of the lack of collagen that to me is what i think people see and they go oh that's that's the muscle has changed the muscle hasn't changed it looks exactly the same yeah there's just a loss of collagen in the skin i think you are gets thinner i think you are right about that and and i've been wondering myself with uh because you know i started using collagen supplementation now it's Mm -hmm. part of my my daily regimen and it does help to rebuild skin tissue um i i wonder what effect collagen has on the competitive bodybuilder i've i've honestly when we've gotten to maybe six eight weeks out just to be certain that it doesn't interfere i've removed people's collagen just like hey let's just take this out for a little while just in case I've been concerned that it it might have an effect, especially now. Let me say this. I wouldn't remove it if they had that that gnarly, nasty look that we're talking about. But if they don't, then there has been that thought in my head. Like, I'm not 100 percent sure. So we lived most of our bodybuilding lives without using collagen. Let's go ahead and take this out, you know, for the next little while just till we we can see what's going on here. I've got a spin on this. Because I I don't know if training directly is responsible for a gnarlier looking, more mature muscle. But I I mean, I know that we both agree that the harder you train, the more muscle you are going to grow, right? Like that usually comes into As long as you're recovering, absolutely. Sure, sure. absolutely. The more intense guys, and this is what I've personally seen as a coach, the guys who are the most intense are the guys who tend to more easily reach their goals. And that goes in both directions. I found that getting somebody in shape who is just an absolute monster in the gym, the guy who's pushing as hard as possible, those guys who are super strong, they tend to be guys that do get into shape more easily, I found, versus, let's say, a guy who just doesn't understand what intensity is and he's just going through the motions, three sets of 10, three sets of 10. Sure, he's not going to be as big, but I also find it's harder to get him into that nasty quality condition, too. And, of course, I'm making like a general statement. This isn't everybody. There's exceptions to every rule. Sure. But I think that if you do train hard, 
it's easier to get leaner in a lot of cases. And because it's easier to get leaner, then I think you can get a, a nastier, harder look to the muscle. But I, I, I'll even go, a, so I will say that, but I'll even go a step further. And I, I do think that there is something, there is something there, something in, in a guy like Dorian, in a guy like Branch Warren, something in them that lends to that, that exceptionally grainy striated look to the muscle. I just, I do too. I do yeah. too, but I don't think it's train related. This is I'm so I'm going to piggyback off what you say. This is okay. this is my thought process. If someone is willing to train their ass off in the gym and that intensity is a just next level, I accept that it's a mental like a psychological uh, a place where they are psychologically psychologically where they can go places that other people can't. Yeah. And in saying that <clears throat> I also assume that if they can do that psychologically to train, they can do that psychologically to diet. Yeah. And I think that that transference into the diet component with that strong psychological approach, almost almost an intensity, if you will, but not with training, it just or with the training, but then it carries over to the intensity of dieting. Yeah. So I would go so far as to say that people who don't train intensely, arguably don't diet as intensely or do cardio as intensely sure you know exactly they're not approaching the entire formula or the entire process of getting lean or prepping like they are um if they're approaching it in one aspect they're usually approaching it in all the other aspects and i think that's what gets them to that better condition i don't think it's directly the training and again we don't know yeah Um, that's just based on what you know you and i have seen or what the listeners have seen that's what i think it has that it's more related to yeah i i'll say this that if i were to lean more to one versus the other it would be as a be as aggressive as possible right be as aggressive as possible and and if you can do that approaching your entire program that way then then including your training then you may be able to get a more mature look to your muscle that's what i'll say (laughs) all right well, I think we covered that. We had, uh, we did have a bunch of stuff, and we had another one. I, I we're not sure how many people will relate to this topic because I know a lot of the guys who are listening to this show are already seasoned gear users. But you know, we do have some new listeners too, so we wanted to put this question in, especially since number one, it was one of our listeners. Number two, I know we have a n- bunch of people who say, "Hey, I like the the gear content, but I've never used gear before." Um, and you know, number three, this is one of our people that that needs some help. So he had a question about starting his first cycle. Let me see if I can find this one. Here it is. This was an anonymous question. It was in the Think Big Facebook group. He says, I'm four. He says, uh, all right, guys, in four weeks, I'm doing my very first show. He's going to do a natty show. And then he's hopping on gear after. He's 28 years old. Uh, during my off season, I had my bloods checked and my test level was about 350. And I'm uh, I've been researching for over a year now, so I'm fairly comfortable with the whole process. My question is, should I wait 
until I recomp a few weeks after the show to let my hormones level out or pin when I get home. Basically, like set your trophy down and fill the pin up. Um, starting to starting on test to see how I respond and adding in DECA a few weeks later. Thanks, guys. Any advice is appreciated. What should you do, Skip? I don't know that either way is wrong. When you first read me the question before we pushed the button, my initial response was put the trophy down and <laughs> and get the injection. The reason I say that is because coming off of a cut like that, you're going to be hyper insulin sensitive. So you're already going to be in a um, in a place where you're going to respond very fair, favorably to growth as far as insulin sensitivity. But after thinking about it more, and I don't know if there's a, I don't know if one is right or wrong, but I, in thinking about it more, if he does wait, two things happen. Number one, he's going to rebound off of the show for a few weeks and have that insulin sensitivity even without the hormones oh, yeah. or the added hormones. The other thing is, is yes, it's, it, if he had a three or a three, 350, I think you said 350 test yeah, 350. level, that's likely low for, uh, you know, if you're natural, uh, that's that could likely be lower just from dieting and, and contest prep. I thought that too, but he said yeah. that he did it in his off season. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Then that means that his test levels are probably even lower going through the, the, the cut and the prep phase. So they could rebound a little bit. And as they rebound, that would help with the, you know, a bit of recomping too. Um, so, you know, on paper, I would say, okay, take a few weeks, get what you can without adding in the testosterone, starting the cycle and then start the cycle. And then you would just build off of that then it becomes a patience thing. Do I want to wait three weeks? I think if it were me, knowing what I know, I would yeah. wait. But I don't think yeah. one is necessarily right or wrong. Here's here's the argument on the other side. As soon as you put enough testosterone in your system, you're going to shut yourself down anyway. So any yep. type of rebound after the show, how beneficial is it really going to be if you're going to shut yourself down three, you know, three, four weeks later? It's probably not going to be, you know, moving forward. He, he, his HTPA is going to be compromised because of the additional tests or testosterone and then adding deck in. So it, it, both are going to work. It's just, I guess, do you have the patience to wait the few weeks, three or four weeks? And if you don't, I don't think you're necessarily going to lose. I think if it were me, I would wait, though. I would argue that you could ride that, depending on where you're at, how lean you got, and how sensitive you are, you could ride that rebound up for a good two months. Oh, sure. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Top yeah. that off. I would. I wonder, here's here's some factors I would look at. Um, how is his strength now? Did he, did he get really weak during the prep? You know, if he's really weak right now, I would, I would take some time to rebuild that strength. Mm -hmm. um, I'd also look at a, putting together a solid plan like, OK, well, what am I going to do different? You know, you come out of the show and you recognize, OK, you know, the nice thing about competing is it's uh, it's kind of like, you know, bodybuilding and going to somebody said this to me once. And I, I like the analogy. Uh, bodybuilding and going to the gym is like going to class every day and then competing is like taking an exam and then you can see the marks you got. And you can you can see where you're at. You check in basically, and then you get back to you get back to school. So you have a good idea of what are the things I want to improve this next season. Because now you have your first official off season 
after your prep. So I'm asking myself like, okay, what did I want to improve and what am I going to do differently if necessary? Are there anything different that I need to do? Like maybe my back didn't grow as well as everything else. Well, what am I going to change about that? It's nice to have a foundation of getting into a groove with that new program. So I'm playing devil's advocate here, reason to, sure. to wait longer. I worked with a guy that his he he came to me he wanted to make the best progress possible super insulin sensitive we started like the day after his show i look at his training and his barbell row was garbage like i mean i'm talking garbage and he had no back so it's not like a dusty situation well where it works right. for him and so i wanted to work on his training and get him retooled let's take a so month. if i could paraphrase you think dusty's rows are garbage oh yeah absolutely but they work <laughs> fair enough fair enough. but they work so i can't i can't count he's got a bigger back than i ever did but uh you know so it's like let's get these things up to snuff figure out what that game plan is going to be and then once you're up to speed or once you're in a groove, then you hit the button. You know what I mean? Then you hit the mm -hmm. nitrous button when you're already in fifth gear, not sure. when you're just, you know, coming out of the, the starting line. So there's that. Um, what do you think about? Which is a pretty good analogy, because if you ever hit the nitrous too early, yeah, you're going to lose control of the car or lose control of the vehicle anyway. So that's a very, very good analogy. I like that. I've never hit the nitrous in real life, just in video games. <laughs> what about uh, what about Deca for his first cycle? Is this dude gonna come back off and recover? Is he gonna just go on TRT for life after this? What's his plan? Yeah, you know, I, yeah, and I think it's a pretty good. I like the idea. You know, Tess and Deca is the old standby, long as uh, long esters. Pete makes a good comment too that uh, in the comment section he said he'd have to wait until it kicks in anyway because these are longer esters, and there's truth to that. So that would also give him a little bit of time. Uh, the, the thing is, though, is you still have that placebo effect the minute you put that pin in and. and oh, put, yeah. Get, and it is working, right? It's yeah. not built up, but you're getting sure. it day one, right? Especially so. if you're. Yeah. Especially coming off of being of being natural. So yeah. another question, too, that occurred to me while you were speaking was. How is he going to approach the offseason? I know this isn't directly related to this, the question of the cycle, but it is related to the progress that he expects. So is he going to go into the offseason and do the old school, throw everything in the kitchen sink at it from a diet standpoint? Or is he going to go into the offseason structured with a plan of how to incrementally step in, almost reverse diet, which yeah. as much as I hate that label, it's it's a concept that it quite frankly, I think off season should be approached like a prep. I think if you're serious about growing and you're serious, it's just not the eighties and the nineties anymore where you, you just don't care. We don't even know or, or pay attention to insulin sensitivity. We're just trying to feed as many calories as possible, overburden the digestive system and GI and everything else. Yeah. That only works for a very, very small percentage of gifted bodybuilders who are predisposed to put on muscle no matter what uh, yeah. the rest of us can't get away with that we think we do for the first <laughs> three four five six seven weeks and then all of a sudden we wake up one morning and we go well we're fat 
Yeah, or and, we and think we do until it's time to die it down again. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But we have ourselves convinced, even though the fat process doesn't it doesn't happen that way. You don't wake up one morning fat. It's one morning you wake up and there is that realization that <laughs> this just isn't going the way it's supposed to go. So the other question being how you know he would he would handle the off season, whether it's going to be structured, whether he's going to reverse into it and essentially make quality gains versus. Health concerns, throwing on as much weight as possible, and just literally seeing how much food he can get down his throat. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Brian is with us, and he said, you just need better tires if you can't hold the boots. <laughs> so Brian's a guy who has hit the nitrous button in real life, yes. I think. What do you think? Yes, Brian Brian knows his cars. I, uh, sure. I, I'll tell you what. I, I If he's coming off, I'm just going to share my experience. You know, I ran a few cycles uh, and did PCT, whatever came off in between. When I did for my fourth cycle, I think it was, I did test and DECA together. Man, I really struggled to recover from that one. You know, those metabolites are floating around for a long time and they're keeping you shut down. Man, I struggled to recover. For that reason, I don't ever use uh, DECA with my guys that, do PCT uh, in between cycles. I just, that's me personally. I had such a bad experience and I've seen other guys really struggle. If he's doing, you know, if he's going to go to TRT afterwards, then more power to him, I guess, you know, but that's a thought. Yeah. And I, I'm, you know, too, the listeners, not all the listeners may, but I'm not a big fan of DECA either, yet I am a much bigger fan of NPP. And someone yeah. will always argue, well, that's not much shorter of an ester, but it's just, a, it's not DECA. I respond poorly to DECA. Uh, I want to say I always have, but I do respond relatively well to NPP. The other thing that needs to be considered is not even just the compounds, but the, of course the dosing too. What's yeah. he going to do with this, with this dosing? So, and he's not going to know until he does it. Maybe he responds very, very well to DECA. Uh, yeah. He doesn't have anything to compare it to. So again, it being a first cycle, I don't think it's a, a bad cycle. I like the compounds, but he may come off of it and go, hmm, okay, I'm just not sure. And then maybe later he runs another cycle with NPP and things go much better. And he, and he prefers that version versus, you know, DECA. Those, that's, those are things that only time will tell. We'll grab this one from the live stream from Taylor. He says, uh, random question. If you're looking for some more, we actually have a lot, but we'll make this one quick. SARMs. Rank some of the popular ones we all know of from favorite to least favorite. Where do we stand on SARMs? We're just not, Andrew isn't either. We're just not big fans of SARMs. Um, I often, I don't want to slam the question. But I do just want to ask, why? Yeah. So um, they, they are going to shut you down, number one, right? They, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they aren't as selective as we once thought. Right. They, you know, uh, um, and, and then they aren't going to be as effective in most cases. You know, you, I, I would say YK11 is a really powerful SARM, you know, if you really wanted to use that, I would still use it as part. I would use it the way I would use any oral, though. It wouldn't be as a foundation. It wouldn't be as a standalone. So that'd be my thing. Dusty made an interesting point about SARMs and pro-hormones. He said that he's worked. he's seen several guys now that he's worked with that have come to him and said, 
you know, I want to do my first cycle. Uh, you know, I, I've been natural, but I, you know, I have used some SARM cycles. And he said that none of these guys ever get that first cycle effect where you just blow up. He said it's almost like you you spend you you know what I mean. You blow your wad on on yeah. on the SARMs, but you don't get the result. And then when you go to the real gear, it's not as powerful as you don't have right. that that first time response like you would have. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, I would say this. Would we ever recommend? And this is this is kind of my defense, I guess, to these types of questions about SARMs. Do we ever recommend a first cycle with orals? And the answer is no. No. So, you know, can people do them? Sure. And my first cycle when I was 16 was D-ball and thought it was great. But it was only because I couldn't. It was 1985 or something, 86. Yeah. In there somewhere. I don't know. It was the only thing I could get. I got one pink or one, uh, what was it, light blue bottle of D-ball back in the day. Oh man! And uh, any any old any old old heads would be like, yeah, I remember them. The the tiny little, just little tiny. It's like the the bottle wasn't much bigger than the cap. Yeah, they were that. <laughs> really, they were that. I want to say best way to explain it, and I think any old heads listening would agree. It was almost the bottle was slightly bigger than a die. Okay. That's how small they were. Same thing with Anavar. Anavar was the same thing. They almost looked identical other than other than the labels. But that was because I was 16 and I didn't know any better. So, you know, my advi- I, I tell you what. I'm not answering the guy's question directly and I apologize to him for that, but my advice would be because it's just better advice. Yeah. Take an injection of testosterone and arguably something else with it instead of going to SARMs. It's, it's in my opinion, and I'm not a medical professional, in but experience. in my opinion, based on my experience, exactly, it's far healthier and it's going to be significantly more effective. And you have a much, much higher chance of keeping more of those gains than if you're just going to do SARMs and then get off. It's almost like, <clears throat> it's almost like people, and I don't know about this guy specifically, I'm just, again, from experience, it's almost like people want to take that first step because it's not real steroids. Like I'm not. Yeah, um, that. And, and sometimes it's availability too. Somebody doesn't have a source, but okay. you can still get yeah. them from research places and stuff. That's like a good that. point. That's a good point too. In this day and age, I do lose sight of that because the availability. When you've is, been in the game for forty yeah, years, <laughs> exactly. Uh, the lack of availability was in the in the in the mid eighties, <laughs> you had to buddy up to somebody in the gym and, you know, kind of go that route because Prove there was nothing to, to do them. with mail order. You know? There was nothing to do with obviously the internet and everything else. Sure. And you had to be trusted. Yeah. I, there were, I remember going into, I got to do real quick. I remember yeah, yeah. a guy I did, I got some information from that. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, so I go to this shitty Mexican bar. And when I say Mexican, what I mean is they had like Mexican food and like margaritas and stuff like that. So it was that type of bar. Not that it was like overpopulated with Mexicans. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I go in <laughs> at like one in the afternoon. And if you've ever been in a bar that is not open, they're only open at night and stuff for, for as a restaurant and a bar. 
during the day it's very dirty and smoky and the lights can, aren't yeah. very bright it's you just can see very, too much you know yeah it's kind of eerie and kind of so i'm yeah. going down a couple halls right here i asked for this person i go in there i'm like hey so and so sent me to, yeah and you have to remember i'm like 16 or you know something like that 16 years old right no kidding and i say hey so and so sent me to talk to you from you know the y center and he said that i could get you know x whatever it was x compound from you and he laid into me and <laughs> and told me if i didn't get up out of the chair in three seconds that he was going to beat my ass and throw me out the front door so you know my my 53 year old self goes so there's a chance <laughs> but when you're 16 you're, I was ass and elbows getting held. And it was like a maze because it, it, I, I couldn't get out of there. And I was petrified that he was going to find me. And finally, I got out, jumped in my little Chevette, fired that bitch up and got the hell out of there. You never <laughs> told me that story before. Never went back. Yeah. It, I heard the one about calling the pharmacies. I had not heard that yes. one. Yes, I did call the pharmacies until that last call when he said, wait, is this Ken Hill? I'm like, what? No, this, no. And hung up. <laughs> like, how did he, how did he, you know, and I'm 16 or 15 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And he recognized my voice. The town was not that big, apparently. You probably know you lifted. Day. You probably knew you lifted, right? You probably- yeah. I, I don't, I just could not figure it out, but I did not give him my name. There was no such thing as caller ID back then. I called him from a phone that had a, the curly wire, you know, the, the curly yeah, cord yeah. on it and everything else. There was nothing, there was no way to know. But yeah, very, very clandestine. So yeah, I understand that it's not, not everyone has access, but you'd be better off trying to uh, come up with a, you know, a a, a source that that you do feel comfortable with. And, uh, you know, your friends, you don't have a source, usually your friends do. So buddy up to some friends, get them to trust you. And then, you know, never buy from your friends, although they'll rip you off. They'll always rip you off. I, I would say uh, the only thing I'd ever used for a time, um, I'd used Osterine with um, some guys that were otherwise natural and they wanted to like just take a little of something. I'd used Osterine like during prep with two guys. And I, I, I'm i trying to think, I may have used Osterine with females in the past, which yeah. those would be those would be it. But honestly, I would just use Anivart now for, the, mm-hmm. for those women that wanted to do something that was going to be on the mild side. And you can just kind of control that through dosing. Um, and there's far more information for anybody who says, well, you know, I don't know, you know, because it's steroid is, you know, the health implications, at least, at least the ramifications or the potential consequences are known. So this is what I've always said about the peptides. Um, and I said it more when they first came out than I do now, but at least we know the side effects and what to expect from growth hormone. The yeah. peptides, it's a learning process. We don't know. There's still a lot we don't know. Uh, but we do know, well, I do know this. You have growth hormone that is next level. And in my opinion, you have every other peptide underneath it. Yeah. It isn't, isn't even going to come close. And, and if anybody's listening, they don't agree with me, that's okay. It would lead me to this question. You don't know what the pros use because if it was that effective it would be used as much as growth hormone if not more and it's not even close the next question would be well maybe they don't know they know they know because if they don't know the trainers know and especially top trainers and top trainers would never say you think i've never heard of 
right. Yeah. I've never heard a well-respected, well-known <clears throat> contest prep guy ever say that peptides will match growth hormone ever. That's a good point. I will say this. Uh, one more thought was that um, I, I have used orals only for two guys now that had never used gear before. And both of them were young guys who have got a really good, solid, natural base. But we're talking like 19 and they wanted to they really wanted to do something. In one case, I work with one of the guy's dads and he wanted me to to coach the, the, the his son. I coached him naturally through a contest and he said, yeah, he can you know, he wants to use gear. But I told him he has to compete naturally first. Well, he did. And now we're doing a cycle because here's my thought is if if he's natural and he's making progress, if we had 25 Anivar into that for six weeks, maybe go mm -hmm. up to 50 for a little while, kid's going to make progress. It's going to be sure. better progress than it did before. And it's not going to be as hard of a shutdown probably, you know, we're, we're going to bounce back from that and then just keep rolling. So, I'm, you know, it's just a step in the door kid who's never used anything in his life. And I, you know, sure. I could see something like that main issue though with orals is that if you only guys are like oh i don't want to pin well if you don't pin you're going to be relying on orals and you're only going to want to take more and then you're going to start right. stacking two of them or three of them together and the doses are going to go up and you're going to hurt yourself you know mm -hmm. so is that a train we have we have trains in urban in i'm a very i'm in an urban area the trains literally i can look down on the trains oh, no so kidding. if it's not trains it's sirens it's it's always i don't think i'd ever heard a train there before <laughs> you know it's funny because we're being raised you know when i was younger in battle creek michigan we heard the trains all the time at night i would go to sleep to them because of kellogg's and everything else yeah and moved away to colorado and they don't have a lot of trains up there in at nine thousand uh elevation right so when i moved here it's very nostalgic to me or was and um until the, the novelty worn off wore off because i have to turn up the tv when a train goes by oh, every 20 yeah. minutes at night things like that but all right um question about melanotin 2 any advice on how to take it dose when how long to tan etc yeah i'm not familiar not very no, familiar with that compound Skip has used more melanotin too than any human being in the world. They're doing research studies on him today to learn about the effects. They probably should. I remember sitting at Swiss looking up on the steroid panel and I'm like, I think with the exception of Dave Tate, I have taken more drugs than anybody on that panel. <laughs> and, and Dave, the only reason I would, I would kind of concede that Dave has taken more than me because he arguably did not have a governor where at least I had a governor, but, and he's also what, three or four years older than me. I so think. he had a little I'm, more time in the game. Yes. He had a little bit, a little bit more time, but I may have even started earlier than he did starting at 16. Huh? I don't know. But anyway, Melanotan <laughs> is certainly my, in my wheelhouse. Uh, I have used it since 2006, if I'm being honest. And I put that out there to knowing full well that I may be judged on that, but I don't care because I've done my due diligence. I have spoken to my wife's cancer doctor because she had uh, Moore's surgery twice for melanoma. Um, she had three spots in 2011, one of them being between her toes that they never would have found had we not known about the small spot on her back, which quite frankly, wouldn't even have really caught anybody's eye, okay. but it caught mine. I'm like, oh, you're going in, have a check. So all he cares about is uh, dosing. 
dosing. <laughs> yeah, the, the dosing is um, and because I know so much about it. I do. I I I do like to give out as much information. So cut me off if I don't if All I right. go too long. But uh, the dosing. I think the dosing on the internet to begin with was overkill. Oh yeah, I people did that. have they have backed way off, which is great because it's been what 10, 15 years. Um, I I'll tell you how I do it. I mix three mil of backwater um, to a vial of melanotan, and then I typically only take it on the days that I tan, and I tan about three, sometimes four days a week. I will usually start, and I say start because I'm usually on it, um, but we'll start if I have been off of it at about 10 units. I only do that for a couple weeks, and then I literally back off to five or six units. So that's five or six units roughly four times a week, sometimes only three. And I can get incredibly dark. If I want to get absurdly dark, then I may stay at 10. And then I go out in the sun and I turn into what is essentially a charcoal briquette <laughs> because the real sun will make you far darker than the tanning, uh, than the tanning beds. Well, the FDA has really stepped in and you ever want to laugh just when you go to the tanner. Yeah. Pay attention to how many people come out with a tan because they don't. There'll be like one for every 30 people who even have a tan. Really? And it's really not all that impressive. Yeah. The FDA has really huh. uh, limited what you can do. The only way you can really get real, real dark without melanotan in a tanner is to go back, go to a small town that has the old beds, like the wolf system and things like that from the 90s. Those will still make you dark. When did, the put, when did they stop? When did they change them? They changed the UVA, UVB uh, ratios big okay. time. And the state of Florida is a good example of what's going on right now. They really cracked down, which is odd because it's a sunshine state. And anybody can go outside and get cancer, you know, skin cancer if they wanted to. But they police the tanning salons big time. You cannot go to a tanner here in the state of Florida under 24 hours. It doesn't matter if it's 10 oh, minutes yeah. under 24 yeah. hours. Now, my argument would be, number one, we're grown adults because you can't tan in, unless you're eight in most states if you're not 18 years old. And I started tanning when I was like 15 because they just didn't care at that point um, back in the 80s. But the, the, uh, the policy should be that you can go any. You can go once a day. Yeah, but they I ran into that, too, hours. where. They're like, I, they had it at uh, any, Anytime Fitness, and I went to go scan in, and I was like, I hadn't been here since yesterday, but it was like, I came a little bit earlier this right. time, you know? Yeah. Um, it so changes how, state to state. So how long would you, so you're, how does that break down in micrograms, by the way? Um, oh, so, you're going to make me do the math. Well, hold on a second. We can do it together. Check this out. Check this you out. I got the, the peptide okay, calculator. Have you seen this? Peptide yeah, sorry, my kelp. wife was trying to get in on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Peptide she always wants to get out. I'm like, you just can't. Com. Not a, you can't so do that. This is All what, right, what a is ten milliliter vial, right? Uh huh. And you're going to use what a one milliliter syringe, or do you use point fives? We'll use a oh, one I use point five. Okay. Well, but we're going to calculators. Okay. I tell you, what is this world coming to? No, this is pretty cool, right? Anymore. This no one cool. can put pen to paper. These young kids, <laughs> I tell you, get off my lawn. So we're going to put in three milliliters, right? Yeah. And then you do, how much do you take per time? Ten? Do you say 10? Yeah, I start with 10 and then I go down to five. So that would be like 350 micrograms, I guess. Other. Yeah. Let's see. 
Let's see what 350 comes out to. Yeah, so you go to about a little under 350, 325. So you do about, and how often do you do that? Three to four times a week. A couple weeks, two, maybe three. Okay. Yeah, so this is a kind of a cool thing. I started showing this site to my clients because they could, you know, it's like you can, you can tell them, they can do the math, but they always still have questions. It's just peptidecalc.com. So for two to three weeks, you do that. And then, and then what do you back off Cut from there? Yeah. Five Cut minutes. it in half. All right. Yeah. So then, so you're saying two to three weeks at 350 micrograms and then back it down to half of that. So, you know, 175 or something like that. But when you have the strength of the, is that up at the top? Even though I have my glasses on, that is tiny. So I'm having 10, a hard 10 time. milligrams. Is that what the vials okay. come in? They you know, to. honestly, I never look and I never have a check because I've used it for so long that I can't even tell you. That sounds right, but right. I I don't know for sure. So if we said maybe 300, 350 micrograms to start and then back down maintenance, and then how often do you do the maintenance every day still? Well, here's the thing with everyday dosing versus, okay, I've been taking this a long time. So if I take it three or four times a week, I don't get that flush feeling, but some people are going to get that. And if you do get that flush feeling, it makes you feel really crappy. Some people, uh, you can throw up because you, you don't, you have an ultra sensitivity to it. If you're very sensitive to it, or if you go on vacation for a week and you don't take it and you come back and you don't feel very good right. when you take it. Just take it every day, but take a smaller dose because then you have kind of that that consistent dosing and it doesn't hit you and it doesn't flush you and it's a lower dose daily. So, you know, as an example, if you're doing, what was I saying, uh, 325, four times a week for the first few weeks, what is that, 750, 1500. So it, over the course of a week, break that down over seven days and take it every day. Yeah. You know, that way you'd have a little bit more of a tolerance and you wouldn't. What happens is when you take the dose, sub Q, you about five minutes later, roughly three to five minutes later, you get this very, very strong flush. Yeah. Um, and, and it just it can make you really it can make some people feel like shit and it goes away after a few minutes. Um, but it's a very noticeable, not great feeling for somebody. I, I did okay with it at first. Like I got used to it real quick and I only had done it the message board way where you took like one milligram every day for the first yeah. while, 10, yeah, 10 days ridiculous. straight. And then you backed it down to like one milligram a few times a week or something yeah. like that. And that's when people would throw up. Yeah. So <laughs> I also I think the timing around the tanning session is important too. Sorry. Well, here's like, here's I the thing. Cut I did that and I did that <coughs> extensively. And then I started getting nauseous from it later like down the road, like I'd start, I never had sensitivity at first. And then I found that even taking tiny amounts, like 250 micrograms, I'd start getting real sick from it. And I never got used to it. I was like, Oh, I just have to take it again. And I started getting, I, so I think I developed some sort of allergy or something to it over time. I never heard of anybody else say that they ever had that happen. Was well, something I had happen. It's weird. You ever hear that anybody else having that? Uh, yes. And yeah, uh, sorry. I was, um, dying over there <clears throat> coughing violently. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. If you see me coughing and you don't hear me, that's because I am professional enough to turn my mic off. Another one's coming, but anyway, um, it, the levels will build over time as an example. You know, if I go for a week at a time over Christmas, uh, 
mm-hmm. you know, to go see the kids in Milwaukee, which we usually do every week or every year. I may not take it, and I don't even. I mean, it, it, I don't lose any color or anything yeah, like yeah. that. It lasts for quite a while. I think, uh, and I should know, but I don't. What the, um, you know, what the half life is because it does it does build. There have been times. You know, because I've taken this for a long time where I don't take it for three or four days and I actually feel like I got darker. Yeah. Uh, there are times, yeah, there are also times where if I don't tan for three or four days, I'll, um, I feel like I get darker too. And I can't find any real pattern with it. But the point is, is the, the blood fluctuations, I think sometimes you can have it too high. And it doesn't have as much of a, uh, of an effect. And when I say high, the dosing isn't real high, but just taking it for long periods of time. And I do want to, in defense of myself, I want to explain in case anybody wonders, oh, my goodness, why have you been on it that long? One of the things that my wife's cancer doctor said to me um, and or agreed with when I explained to her what I was doing, because she told me that you're brown in places that you you don't re- they don't like sunlight doesn't get to those areas. Right. And I, it's because I'm 65% German, and my pattern of getting a tan every year would be burn in the spring, then work into a tan in the summer, and by the time yeah. by the end of the summer, I, I'd have a pretty good tan. But then I would repeat that cycle, and the reality is this. The damage is from burning. That's where the damage comes from. Exposure itself is not damaging. Yeah. The sun gets a bad rap. A really bad rap because it's actually quite healthy. It is number one, far above and beyond the easiest and best way, the best source of vitamin D. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything you're going to eat. So in vitamin D, we know is huge for the immune system. So you have to wonder, hmm, do I want sunlight? Do I want no sunlight? And then you're pale. And then if you're out in the sun for 10 minutes, you get fried because you don't have much of a tolerance or should there be some moderation where you actually do get sunlight? I could go down this huge rabbit hole because I have, I tell people this, if you're interested in melanotan in depth, check out my TRT bodybuilding uh, online DVD. It's free at teamskip.com. One of the chapters I dig in and go down this rabbit hole. In fact, it's funny because I would get for, for probably three or four years, I would get a bunch of messages from random people who had nothing to do with the bodybuilding industry because they had Googled melanotan and my chapter to the TRT bodybuilding would come up and they would watch it. No kidding. Um, Didn't have anything to do with bodybuilding. This is, so I looked and I saw uh, real short, believe it or not, melanotan too. It said one hour uh, half-life at one of the sites I looked at. I don't, I don't know what that... Equates no to, I just yeah, but I just glanced, so I'm not going on the record saying that's a fact. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's um, that surprises me. And I like I said, I should know that because I've used the compound for. So I probably did at some point. We'll just, figure it out. Let's I figure that out for the it. next show. Yeah. All right, we got a bunch of other stuff here. Um, what about this one? Is just kind of a this isn't kind of a different topic for us. He said, um, "At what point does one give up on a gym?" few real bodybuilding gyms in my area um, been coming to this gym for eight years they are doing very little maintenance on equipment uh, for example lat pole cable broke four weeks ago not repaired 
Um, all the flat benches are even either broken trees or hooks on the bars are broken. Um, been there for been that way for at least 18 months. The AC broke this summer. Um, not sure if it was repaired. Was hot as hell until fall hit. Um, still too hot. I'm no longer feeling like I'm uh, so it's still still too hot, but I'm no longer feeling like I'm dying. And the pool in the hot tub broke five years ago. No repair on that either. I'll miss uh, the people, but the place is a dump. Get the hell out of there. But everybody's different. I mean, if he enjoys going there and those things are only minor inconveniences, great. I've been training too long. I I have uh, three or four gyms at any given time that I have memberships to for myself and my wife because it depends on the day that I train, what exercises I want to do um, as far as where I'm going to go. I, I, there are gyms I will not train legs in, and there are gyms that I specifically will train legs in. And that's gone all the way back to my teenage years. I would drive you know, an hour when I was a teenager to get to Buns Ironworks. And they had sweats that on the butt, it said Buns and it had a dumbbell. And then it said Ironworks underneath it. That was their little catch. Hans Vandergrande would know that reference. Oh, no because kidding. He trained there. He was an animal at that time. He also trained, I'd seen him a lot at Powerhouse Gym on Westnidge in Kalamazoo as well. Um, okay. Hal Shannon owned that. But um, it just depends on what your talents is and, 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 you know how picky you are i'm incredibly picky i will carry things in my bag that i'm tired of dealing with with gyms i carry my own collars i carry my own handles i carry a a can of silicone spray and i have no problem pulling it out the reason i started carrying silicone spray is i got bitched out one day for taking my workout water and dumping it on the uh the pulley poles the where the weight stack glides because they were catching and I can't stand, there should be no drag on a machine. And when he bitched me out and told me to leave, I told him. He told you to leave. I, yeah, he told me to leave. I told him, I said, I don't have any problem leaving, but you do need to know that the only reason I'm doing this is because you can't handle the 15 minutes once a week to maintain your own equipment. It's bullshit. Otherwise, people like me wouldn't do that. Hmm. That was the last conversation we had, and I was not allowed back. I didn't miss out on too much. But the point being is it's just your own personal, how much is it irritating you? I don't like sometimes that it's incredibly hot in gyms down here, and I'm going to tell you a reason why, and it's going to be incredibly vain, and I don't care. If it's hot and I'm lean and I want to wear a tank top, I'm not going to look that good when I'm sweating profusely. (laughs) But if I'm not sweating profusely, I'm going to look insane. So I don't want to be in a gym, and and there's no excuse for it in Florida anyway. If I'm in a garage gym, that's completely different, and I expect that. But if I go into a gym, it should be air-conditioned because everything down here is so absurdly cold and air-conditioned that it's almost this pet peeve I have where if I go in somewhere, I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now because I'm comfortable because it's freezing inside a place because they have to control mold. It has to be, it has to remain dry and not humid, so the temperature has to be lower. Uh, but anyway so then you have to wonder in a place like that how clean is this place no terribly humidity and the heat is always high then it's got to be gross whether it be the gym floor or the things that you're putting your hands on the weights the equipment whatever so it's just a personal preference they had this place uh powerhouse farmington hills it had been the world headquarters up Mm -hmm. into the time that it moved to novi michigan and um so Farmington Hills, when I first started going there, was breaking down. It had seen its better days, but it was a cool gym still. And as it went on, it just got worse, and it got worse. 
by the end, by the time they had closed it, the air conditioning had broken, okay? And there were no windows in the place. They had these huge, oh. the whole front of the building was all glass. So all the heat came in and the stair mill, they had one stair mill and it was right up front because stair mills didn't used to be as popular as they are now. And I'd do my cardio on that, getting ready for a show and just sweat because the heat's coming in and the, all they had was the front doors like off to the side and then one back door that was like a little emergency exit and for the guy to take trash out to the dumpster. Only places for circulation. So as it went on, the roof started leaking. And before you know it, there were these long strips all the way down the building that when it would rain for the next two days, it would just fill up with water on the flat roof. And then there'd just be these drops, these rusty yeah. water drops. And there'd be aisles of it, lanes of water all the way down the length of the building. They had buckets out for the big puddles. Other areas are just gathering on the floor. You get this like, you'd hit you. One would hit you and it would have rust in it yeah. as it ran down your face. It was the most... It was the worst gym ever, like as far as maintenance goes. And they were just trying to keep it together for one day longer to get that next guy coming in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. then eventually they did close the doors and they didn't tell anybody. Of that was back in the Will Dabish days. I don't know what he if he has control of powerhouse anymore, but at least yes, they were does. hardcore yeah. and they were well. Who was the other guy? The short guy with blonde hair short who was the head of the uh, Yeah, I think he was the NPC chair. Uh, oh, I. I I know who, uh, Tom, I can't remember his name. I can't think of it. But either. Remy Berminga is now. Remy and oh, Will okay. Dabish. I think Will is the chair. Uh, okay. And then I think Remy is the, the second uh, to that. But that's all That's all kind of moving around, switching hands now, too, I yeah. think. Or I'm soon. Sure. Soon it will. They're grooming the next guy for that. Yeah, they moved to Novi. I went there. And honestly, man, I, I kind of learned to hate that gym because mm -hmm. it was a big... It was a 60,000 square foot gym with a pool and it's in a nicer upclass area uh, just a few miles away. But they were trying to attract like fitness club people sure. and they turned their back on bodybuilders. They still mm -hmm. had all the good equipment, but they freaking one of the guys who ran the foot, they hated bodybuilders. Yeah. And I just well, they ended up going down there. that path that Golds and Worlds did. They realized that the money. Yeah. Was not, not in enough. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's hard to find uh, any powerhouse. And uh, like down here, if I hear a powerhouse, usually it's, I know like it's in a mall. Yeah. They have one okay. in the Galleria Mall down here. And it's just very uh, high end. You're going to find a lot of uh, women dressed very, very well. Hot, you know. Yeah, nothing away. wrong with that. Nothing no, wrong with dressed that. Dressed very well. You're going to pay a lot for training. It's not anything, uh, you know, they went the way of Gold's Gym, basically. But Detroit, because it was based there and headquartered there, they probably still have a few that are still hardcore. Detroit itself, they have Highland Park Powerhouse where I took Steve. That's the OG. The equipment is still real old, you know, and it's good. Like they have the old original, not original, like the old 90s Cybex hacks. Sure. Or excuse yeah. me, um, uh, Smith machines. Icarian too, uh, probably. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, they do. They have a lot of Icarian mm -hmm. equipment. Um, really good stuff overall, and yeah. it's just it's just old school. Same stuff has been there the whole time. They'll get a few new pieces from other gyms that have closed, other powerhouses that have closed down. And, you mm -hmm. know, they'll, they'll move them in, but yeah, yeah, it's it's still hardcore down there, and also doesn't have air conditioning. You know, it does, but it doesn't really work too well. Yeah. All right, let's see if we have time for a couple more here. Chris has one for us from Patreon. He says a question for BSG. I've been yo-yo dieting for the last year, and unfortunately, 
Um, I don't got anything to show for it but a big gut and ass. Um, I'm very much diet fatigued, but still need to lose at least 15 kilograms uh, to be at least not fat anymore. I know that the best thing would probably be to do a maintenance phase to recover mentally mostly, but I'm uh, having a really hard time looking at myself in the mirror. What do you recommend in this situation? Did you have a client like this and what worked for them? Um, I would like to finally stay lean year round. Um, I don't really want to run any bulks either. Um, just be comfortable, lean, feel good, lose the food focus, and have great gym sessions. Yeah, I mean, this happens often. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's a motivation thing. Um, I've been through it. I've trained long enough that there are phases that I go through too where yeah, I'm motivated for four or five. It doesn't happen very often, but I'm motivated for four or five days, and I'm not for three. And I find myself after a few weeks going, oh, I'm just trying to get through. And then you, for whatever reason, you get that motivation back. A lot of times, and I'm just speaking in my case, I can't speak to you know other clients and stuff like that because I don't know the ins and outs of their psychological position. But mine has been this. It's burnout. Every yeah. now and then I get tired. I've been trained for 40 years and I love it. Anytime I say something like this, some clown will respond in the YouTube comments that I'm just not passionate. And my response is to first laugh and say, train for 40 years and let me know if you can go 40 years without having times where you're just not motivated. What I do is I don't fight it. He could do one of two things. And, and my advice, sometimes, if you're just fighting it and you don't get away from the gym, get away from dieting. Because the longer you're away from it, that motivation comes back quicker than you might think. Yeah. Usually in only a couple of weeks, but I've gone two or three months and literally without, other than maybe my client work and the things, you know, the podcasts and stuff like that, because I work in the industry, I'm not thinking about training. I'm not thinking about when my next meal is. I just literally just need a break and I go to shit. I look like crap. One of the nice things about training for a long time is, yeah, I might go to crap real fast, but I'll go back and get in shape real fast too, because I have that. Yeah, I've trained for so long and my my body's set point is not to be fat. It's to be lean and be training and be muscular. So I would tell him this, <clears throat> whatever you've been doing so far, th there's nothing. You just literally are motivated to do it or you're not. So there isn't something I can tell you that this diet will work or that diet. It, it has nothing to do with that. You've yeah. had a diet and you haven't been able to maintain it. You're going back and forth. Uh, the big ass and, and not having the body fat under control is an insulin sensitivity issue. And you're not helping yourself with that, uh, which you probably already know. But sometimes my position is that of Dr. Phil's. Dr. Phil does not usually tell people things that they don't know. He just reiterates what they already know. And because you're hearing it from someone in a different position. Yeah then you tend to go, oh, okay, that's what I was thinking too. And then you accept that as the answer. So you've already got the answer. I appreciate that you're asking, but it's a motivation issue. If you're not motivated, back away. If you are, dig in, get consistent with your diet, and you're probably going to get leaner. Unless, of course, your calories are just ridiculously low, which happens sometimes with yo-yo dieting. Your calories are so low that you can't maintain it. You're hungry after four or five or six days or a week or two. Then you go off the rails and you start eating a bunch of food. Uh, so make sure that you're taking in enough calories and make sure everything's balanced, that you're not over dieting. I've got a lifetime achievement award winner looking at me right now, Skip. I wondered what you were looking at. I didn't know if you were reading something. <laughs> what does it feel like, though, seriously? 
<clears throat> to have someone around like that where you can just do you ask yourself you, do you say to yourself i really haven't accomplished much because i know i would no i, I married i, I married her that was my big accomplishment that's a, that's a fair <laughs> enough statement i think that's well played right there <laughs> um we're about to wrap up tor i think we had one more question um let's see here tor that's her that's her one of her home names okay. also, she, also she goes by tori you guys didn't know that no let's see yeah, Tori. Tori, that's like a, I, I guess. I guess I can see it. Yeah. So we had uh, we had one more thing. I think we made a mistake last episode. Skip. We we effed up. All right. We talked about SEO. Do you remember that? We we talked about the difference between stuff like painless pumps, uh, oil yeah. based, and we talked about uh, hyaluronic acid versions. And uh, we got a couple comments here. This guy said. Um, synth oil or anything like it is bs just build muscle so i got i saw that comment and then i saw this one too uh let's see and he says literally watched before my eyes steve lose respect when they started talking about seo so i replied to him and first you know my Wait, initial that's a guy he's talking about losing respect and his name is luscious bodybuilding but okay all right yeah. whatever yeah. <laughs> I lost a little respect too, Luscious. Is that your stage name? I, no, I'm kidding. I'm messing Yeah, up. yeah. So here's the thing. I think we made a mistake here because I think that for the most part, um, there. If, if we're talking in advanced circles of bodybuilding, speaking about sight enhancement means one thing. And if we talk to the general public, Sight enhancement means like your arms are going to look like Greg Valentino's, which he says right. he never used anything. I can't say either way. I didn't live my life with I didn't live his life with him. So I I can't speak to Greg Valentino's arms, but that's what they're picturing. So I thought we 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 should do a service to our community because some of these guys are not they're not at the level of having competed, you know, or worked with people that are competing at the advanced level. SEO is two different things. SEO, I think, uh, um, for for the advanced competitor, if they're using it right, which is used a lot, you don't even know they're using it. Yeah, but I don't necessarily, I don't think we effed up. All we're doing is providing information to people who don't have in, the information. Yeah. And I'm not going to feel bad or feel guilty for giving information to someone who doesn't have it. And that's not a slam to that, but the, the general public doesn't understand how prevalent that use is. And on the one hand, you can certainly have an, an opinion on it and you can stand on principle and say, build muscle. That's great. Yeah. I mean, society is known for having opinions on a lot of things. Uh, there are things I don't agree with. I guess I don't go around, you know, throwing those opinions around all the time, but people can do what they want to do. And if you don't know what they're doing or you don't see it, I mean, this, this guy is clearly going to jump on anybody who he may see, who is going to, oh, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Okay. But if you don't know, then what's the difference? I could argue the ethical ramifications of it too. At its core, I would like to not see it happen. Yeah. Because I, I mean, to me, it's no different than getting There's surgically having implants, pec implants yeah. or, or something else. If you could do that, that would, you know, that I'm not going to respect that type of a situation because I'm going to immediately go to the fact that you're, you could work, you could work within your genetic limitations and everything, but then you can get into the argument of drugs and compounds too. And is that, so I would ask this guy, if you're against SEO, are you also against steroids? Are you against what, are, is there anything else or is it just SEO? And again, 
that person, anybody, we can all, we all have our opinions and, and that's well, here's fine. what I think, but I'm not going to feel guilty. We're providing information. Yeah, here's, here's what I think though, is it's a lack of, it's a lack of understanding, um, what good SEO use is. And that said, I'm not going to say that like everybody out there should rush out and start putting oil in their arms or in a body part or whatnot. But basically though, it is used super commonly by mm -hmm. high level competitive, competitive bodybuilders. And it's going to be to fill out a small area. It's like an additional detail. Guys are sure. using it, say, to bring up their, bring out their rear delts a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or I've seen it in the traps. I've seen it in the triceps, biceps. I think that when you start getting into the the bigger body parts, it can kind of be a lot more difficult and it can be a mess. You know, I think that you start, you, you have to be really good at it. And for that reason, I don't think that the large body parts work as well. Legs and stuff, they start looking, oh, they start looking yeah. lumpy. And the second that you can see it, it looks like garbage and you ruined your physique. So there's a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of risk with it. Um, but I would Encapsulation say. Encapsulation as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, encapsulation because of the large amount of you know the very voluminous amounts and the frequency encapsulation can become an issue and then you never get rid of it at least with seo it'll wear off and you can start from scratch again if you it, there's also the the problem with nerve damage the more injections you do the more likelihood that you're going to cause nerve damage which if you do will absolutely 100 percent change the shape of that muscle not for the better for the rest of your life so i told you that. i knew a guy good pro who used it in one of his arms and now he's seen over a number of seasons of having used it just in that arm to bring it up to match the other better he saw more degradation faster in that muscle mm -hmm. you know and it, it wasn't I've seen a in the outer tricep head that ended up it literally when he would get lean and shredded would look like a tumor and he oh, had God. a great physique otherwise but he used it in his triceps yeah. um for that reason i have lost a little bit of my horseshoe shape on my right side not from seo but from side injections with aas oh, yeah. and learned that years ago it didn't deform it but it doesn't look my left outer head looks nice and my right is just not doesn't look the same yeah. so then the argument could also become well what is seo is seo strictly added oil with no compounds or what if you're just side injecting compounds and it's voluminous amount there yeah. are times where we'll do a prep where we're doing 30 mil a week yeah. and that's going to shock some people oh my gosh that's great okay it, it is good but it's not uncommon it may not be incredibly common, but it's not uncommon yeah it's it and so if you're putting them into your side delts i i put the vast majority of my gear in my side delts because i was born with shoulders that are about that wide and it helps tremendously so it, i'm essentially enhancing i'm putting it there purposely to enhance and it does it rounds yeah. out my shoulders real nice i put them in my rear delts i have my wife put them in my rear delts because i can't reach back there comfortably yeah. and it helps tremendously i haven't put seo in anybody but strictly seo since 2004 i tried it it worked well but i lost separation yeah it just didn't have i didn't have the detail in my shoulders and that, that's why typically you don't lose that in shoulders <laughs> you lose it in bigger body parts like you're saying it could be in your back it could be in your quads 
I think they I used lose it 15, that very, very detail. I think I used it 2015, maybe 16. I can't remember yep. which, but I used both hyaluronic acid and before that uh, oil-based painless pumps. But yeah, I guess my point was I just wanted to, to bring that out there because I think that it's funny because when you see, when I saw that comment, I'm like, oh man, this guy's like trying to bash us. But in reality, it kind of showed more of his his understanding and education level. To, to me, that's the way I read it. I was like, oh, you just don't under You're somebody who doesn't understand. You think you're yeah, knocking you just, us. You don't know. And yeah. we're providing the information. I didn't think the information we provided was pro, like, like for using SEO. Like, oh, everybody go out and use SEO. Yeah. <clears throat> we're providing information and and knowledge and again i come back to this and i don't care if it sounds shitty it's knowledge that he doesn't have and i'm not going to feel guilty for that yeah i think it's a perspective thing like i said that that they a lot of people the general public understands it as that balloon crazy look whereas oh, sure. yeah. when you if you're having a a conversation with guys that are all competitors it's a you know that's not even thought of you know what i yeah. mean like to do that would be would be a travesty. I mean, and we have seen guys that have taken things too far on stage. Most of them claim that they weren't using it, but I'll tell you what, some of those same guys have retired now and those body parts, although they've all, they've still stayed kind of big, their bodies have stayed kind of big. Those body parts that were really juiced up have mm -hmm. come back down. You know what I mean? <clears throat> right. So there yep. is that. Yep. Whatever though. Yeah. A lot of people are against SEO too. And then they see Rich Piana and he's like, you know, he was there. He was using like their, PMA, their, their, I think, even. God, yeah. I mean, he was taking it next level, but he did a great job with it yeah. because it looked great. Yeah. So just be careful, <clears throat> careful who you're trashing because your God might be using it and you don't want to yeah. trash I've, the I've heard of bad stories with that PMA, too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'd, you know, terrible stories. I wouldn't touch it. And if it migrates, and that's what mm -hmm. I've heard too with like some of the fillers that people are getting now, that yeah. some of those things are migrating and then it changes. The, you know, They're having a lot of problem with the gel injections and the uh, silicone injections in the glutes. Oh, are they? And I'm in South Florida. This is a huge thing. Colorado yeah. never even had heard of it. Yeah. But down in South Florida, because of, uh, you know, Latina women are big on, and the men like it. Mm. Small boobs, oh, small boobs, big butt. You can have a big butt, but you got to have big boobs. I mean, it's just a balance thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's all we had time for, and uh, we're going to get back on track with our regular shows. Andrew will be with us, of course. And Skip, uh, guys, Skip's thinking about doing some video content of his own. He's thinking about uh, he's thinking about starting a YouTube channel that uh, sharing information and stuff. So I wanted you to comment if you think that's a good idea. If Skip starts, uh, you know, putting out some content. Well, I do have one. I've I've had one for maybe fifteen years, but I just quit putting content. I, you know how YouTube was? It was big back in the early to, or like mid two thousands, late two thousands, and then it kind of fell off a little bit, and then it just exploded. Yeah. So I unfortunately was, you know, I'm behind the curve. It's a lot of work. Yeah. But if there was interest interest in doing it, it would probably be more focused around. It would be informational, but it would be um, probably a lot more about training than anything else. That is my. It has been for a long time, but that's my. That's my jam. I would think that I would like, be awesome, man. I do. I, I like the train, and I think that um, I'm 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 asking myself a lot of questions as far as how I'm going to gear it. Whether it's going to be geared probably towards my demographic, um, especially when it comes to injury. Yeah, geared. No, just geared. Um, you know, with a focus more on my demographic, but that doesn't mean that it. I mean, there would be 
plenty of valuable information there too if you're if you're in your 20s or your 30s or you're just starting out um but i just see a lot of things in the gym over the years that that i just i don't i think a lot of people don't train terribly optimally and and all that efficiently so that that'll probably be my main focus i'd agree 100 percent um anyway though yeah guys let me know. What do you think? Comment below. Should Skip start up his channel again? I'm looking to hire somebody, by the way, for a few months to do some reels for me. So if we have any listeners that have the ability to edit reels, I would appreciate it. I want to be able to do some Instagram reels and then also put those out on YouTube shorts. So I want to do more than just clip a piece of the video. I want to be able to, you know, crop it in and jump from person to person and tighten it up, all all that stuff, make it look good, put text to it and all of that. So if there's anybody out there, I'm willing to pay money to have somebody help me for, you know, two, three months and see how it goes. And if it helps me to continue building and generating more content for the channel, then I say it's a win. It's an investment worth doing. So reach out to me, McNallyDiets at gmail.com if you have any any interest in that and the ability to do it. Um, And of course, go to teamskip.com. You can reach out to Skip over there for coaching. You hit me up for coaching too, of course. And... um, Go to uh, supplementsource.ca for Canadians. Like I said, they've got great deals that change week to week. You can get the ultimate best carb powder, highly branched cyclic dextrin, not mixed with dextrose and cut down to 15 grams. No, you'll get a full scoop from truenutrition.com and use our code THINK to get savings. Um, Go over to Patreon to support our shows as well. Uh, Patreon's getting early release for some of our content, so definitely check that out, and uh, I appreciate everybody who's taking part in Patreon. Skip, you got any other other thoughts, anything you wanted to mention before we go? You know, I was going to piggyback off what you said because I can't, I don't know the um, background information. I don't have a lot of time to be able to do that, so... I am considering bringing someone on in a business as a essentially a business partner that would be able to handle the back end of everything on YouTube. Okay. And it would be a business partnership. I'm going to talk to a couple guys that I know, but I don't know what their background is with YouTube. It may be out of their wheelhouse, yeah. but it would have to be someone who's very well versed in YouTube, much like yourself, but you're too busy. So yeah, I would love um, to, dude. It would be a great way if I didn't coach. I could run yeah. a channel for you, run a channel for Drea. Like I literally could make YouTube my full time for now, yeah. but it wouldn't. I, you know, it's not going to be my career. So I, I and obviously, I just I, I want to focus anymore. on content. I just I want to focus on the content, and know that it's in good hands, and I'm willing to give up a pretty good percentage of the, you know, a, a favorable percentage of the business with that and if it got big then it would be incredible it could be very you know i don't want to say incredibly lucrative we're, we're not going to get rich on it but it could be lucrative yeah. um and it would depend on someone being able to stick around and and battle with me from a business standpoint and i provide the content consistently i'll never commit to something that i'm not going to do consistently for a i long know that about you yeah so it would have to be someone who's in for the long haul but again it's just something i throw out there All right, guys, thanks for watching, and we'll see you soon. And thanks, everybody, in the live stream. You guys are freaking awesome.